0: Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim continues his message entitled, The Power of Partnerships, from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Pastor Tim states, partnerships are powerful and partnerships are important. Yes, we are to serve the Lord, but not alone. There are those who have gone before us on whose work we build, and there are those who walk beside us who help us build for the future. Paul reminds Timothy of these truths in the extended greeting of this second letter. Here's Pastor Tim.
1: So you have a primary partnership, that's the Lord. You have past partnerships, those are people that have gone before you. In all likelihood, I mean, I know Clark Standard. I could call him and talk to him. But... I'm trying to think now, I want to make sure I say the right thing. I have met... Three former pastors. I don't know any of the other ones. I don't have to, do I? As my forefathers did, I want to continue on. So I have have a primary partnership. I have some past partnerships. And then thirdly, I I really think that this really ought to be number two. We have personal relationships. Or personal relationships. Partnerships, I should say. You have personal partnerships. So look at this. He says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember, maybe you mark this word, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see... You, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. So Paul writes this to Timothy. He is writing it almost. Well, we're going to get to the last one in a minute. But in a, in a way, he's kind of got that past partnership thing going on. He is handing off the baton. This is the the final handoff, as far as Paul is concerned. But whereas I may not know all of my forefathers, I may not know all of those who've gone before me, I do know the people that I serve with now. I do know those personal partnerships that I have. Paul knows Timothy. Timothy knows Paul. They they know one another. Timothy knew, uh, uh, he was not unfamiliar with the church in Ephesus when he went to it. He already knew some of these folks. He goes, they become personal partners with him. They are the ones who are working side by side, hand in hand with him as he serves the Lord and he serves that church. As he does, as Paul says, as he serves God with a pure conscience. Now they're simply doing that together. Notice what Paul says to him. One, I'm praying for you. You want to do something great for your personal partners? Then pray for them. He says, I pray for you night and day. It's not simply that, you know, that I'm on a list or I'm on a checklist. And so, you know, whenever my prayer partner finally gets around to praying, you know, they're going to call out my name and check, you know, it's there. He, he, he is constantly, Timothy is constantly on Paul's mind, whether it's in the day or whether it's at night. And Paul says, I'm praying for you constantly. Pray for your partner's. You know, that, um, you know that way that, uh, that you get frustrated when you serve? You know when you, um, when you serve for a while and you don't really see the fruit maybe that you expect to see and you have that real sense of disappointment, you know? you you may have even been to the point where the disappointment is so great that number one, you begin to wonder, is this really worth it? And then number two, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I mean, come on, we've all been there, right? So is your partner, your personal partner, the person that you co-labor alongside right now. They go through those very same things. So Paul says, I am not ceasing to remember you in my prayers night and day. like the way Samuel said it. I'm not going to sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Okay? Look at verse 4. Greatly desiring to see you. Personal partners are people that you want to be with, that you want to be around, that you want to serve with. It's somebody that you look forward to seeing. Paul says, I am greatly desiring to see you. It's not the person that you see in the grocery store and you go, Oh, am I I too far into the aisle that I can't just kind of swing back out yet? You know, it's not that person. It's the one that you long to see. You love this person. This person is your personal partner in ministry. You can't wait to see them. You can't wait to serve with them. If you're serving with a pure conscience, then you're holding them in the right degree. So Paul says, I am greatly desiring to see you. So pray for them. Look forward to them. Let's go to number three. Look what he says in verse four as he continues. Being mindful of your tears... That I may be filled with joy. <laughs> that phrase just taken out of context sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? When I think about you crying, boy, it sure makes me happy. That's not, that's not what he means. What he means, why, do, why, do, why would Timothy be in tears? Why, why would your personal partner be in tears? maybe because how they serve the lord's not panning out the way that they want to maybe you do see them frustrated maybe you do see them ready to quit maybe maybe things are so difficult that they're weeping over that maybe it's the other end of that they are so successful in their ministry they have such quantitative and qualitative fruit from that ministry. They just weep before the Lord for it. You know? Paul says, when I see your tears, what it tells me is is that you are personally invested. Listen, you're invested, right? I know that there are times when you feel like you're all by yourself and you're the only one who's working. You're the only one who's serving. You are Elijah, right? Right? Your Elijah says, God, there's nobody else here, please kill me now. You know What Timothy is being reminded of from Paul is, I recognize that you are as in it as I'm in it. This means as much to you as it means to me. Let me tell you about this guy when I first... When I first started pastoring, I pastored a church called Highland Baptist in Griffin. And we had, um, I think at that point, we had five deacons. And uh, that, was, that was almost one for every four people <laughs> that were there. Um, anyway, there was one guy. And we just, we just didn't see eye to eye on much of anything, you know? Um, I was a young preacher there. The next youngest person was my grandparents' age. And uh, so especially when it came to technology, and I'm not technologically advanced whatsoever. So I go into the church and I say, you know, at some point I say, you know what, I'd really like to have a computer, you know, for the church office. We can keep records on it. We can do this, you know, blah, 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 say all that stuff. So this guy in the deacon's meeting says... I don't know why we need to buy a computer. We bought a copy machine last year. <laughs> There's some people who get that. So, anyway, uh, you know, I'm just so frustrated with this. And, uh, and finally, um, this guy gets so frustrated that he just quits. You know, I quit. I, I'm not going to be a deacon anymore. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you the long story version of that some other time, but uh, decided he didn't want to do it, you know, and that's okay. If somebody doesn't want to serve, I don't want them to serve, you know. Do you know, though, that after that, I began to spend some time with him and just go sit on the porch, talk to him some, talk to him some at church. What I realized was his name was James. James wanted... The very best for our church. He wanted it to grow. He he wanted to see people saved. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted those folks to be ministered to in their times of need. He, I mean, he, he really wanted the very best for our church. I wanted the very best for our church. I wanted to see it grow. I wanted to see people saved. I wanted to see the people that were there get ministered to in their times of need. I'm telling you, I wanted the best for that church. We wanted the exact same thing. We just saw it a little bit different. That's okay, isn't it? Your partner's not your carbon copy. Your partner is not a robot. Your partner is not a mini-me. But if your partner is in it for the very best, then when you see their tears, what does that fill you with? With joy. Not necessarily happiness, but real, genuine, Holy Spirit-given joy. In verse 5, you see this, I don't even know where I am, fourth or fifth element that's here when we talk about our personal relationships. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that's in you, that's what you see, isn't it? We, We get so tied up in all the differences that we have. You know, somebody's a pre-tribulation somebody else is a post-tribulation somebody somebody thinks this about the bible somebody else thinks this about the bible you know we we come in so many different angles and we highlight those things that are that are different those things potentially that are just negative i have my personal partnership this person that I pray for day and night, this person that I long to see, this person that I know—I know so well that they are in it—that it fills me with joy. What I am really looking at is that's a, that is a genuine brother, that is a genuine sister in Christ. They belong to Jesus. That's what stands out, isn't it? When it really comes down to good personal partnerships. You're looking for somebody who reflects Jesus. You're looking for somebody who will help you reflect Jesus. That's a good personal partner. Let me ask you this, even before we get to the last one. I know that you have a primary partnership. You know, you wouldn't be here tonight if you, don't have, if you didn't have that. I know that you have past partnerships. I know that there have been people that have that have kind of paved the way. What I don't know is do you have a personal partnership? You can put an S on there. It's okay. You don't have to have one. Do you have real, genuine, personal partnerships in your life? You were not designed to live the Christian life by yourself. You're not designed to go through church life by yourself. You're not designed to go through family life by yourself. God has developed us for relationships. and Those relationships need to be deep and they need to be meaningful. You may have scores of acquaintances, but you genuinely need to have a handful of friends. Okay? Let's go to the last one. Number four. So you have a primary partnership, you have past partnerships, you have personal partnerships. In verse number 5, we realize that we also have parental partnerships. Parental partnerships. Now, I don't necessarily mean your biological parents. I mean mentors. People who will parent you in ministry. People who will parent you in discipleship. People who will have an, an oversight kind of relationship with you to help you to get to where they are. In other words, these are people who have grown already. These are people maybe who are already mature in their faith in, with Christ and you want to be like them. You look at them and you say, I want to be like that person. Yeah. Those are the partnerships that you're looking for. Notice what he says in verse number 5. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that's in you. What about that genuine faith? That's the which. which he says, when he says which, he's talking about the genuine faith. He says, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. He says that Lois was a genuine believer. I am convinced that Eunice was a genuine believer. I am convinced. I am persuaded that you are a genuine believer. And what he's saying by pulling out grandmama and mama is saying that same kind of faith those same kind of characteristics that I see in your grandmother and that I see in your mother, I see those things in you. I see that you believe like they believe. I see that you act the way that they act. I see that you are focused in areas of service the way that they are. Fast forward a few chapters in this book, and Paul's going to say how thankful he is for Lois and for Eunice. Because he says, From childhood, they have made you know the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. He's thankful because those parental partnership have led Timothy to the point to where when Paul came to visit on that first missionary journey, he's able to hear and understand the gospel and give his heart to Jesus. See, Lois and Eunice, they... They sort of serve in a parental partnership over Timothy, but so does Paul. Paul does. Paul is Timothy's mentor. Timothy looks up to Paul. He wants to know, you know what? I'm having trouble with the church in Ephesus. I wonder what Paul would do. You know, too bad Timothy and Paul didn't have cell phones. They could have at least texted one another, you know. Hey, what do you do do when this happens? Because you know that when they got together, those were the questions that were asked. Can you imagine, you know, at the end of this book, Paul is going to tell Timothy, I want you to come. I want you to come quickly. I want you to do your best to get here before winter. When you come, I want you to bring my coat. And I want you to bring my books, and I want you to bring my Bible. When you come, Timothy, imagine what those conversations were like. What did they talk about? Ephesus became a better place because of Timothy. And Timothy became a better man because of Paul. I want that for you. Let's pray. Can we go back to where we started? That person that's sitting near you or next to you. That's your partner in ministry, isn't it? That's your personal partner. Maybe that person is sort of a parental partner, a mentor. I, I kind of suspect that what you might pray for them now might be a little different from what you prayed for them at the beginning of the message. So, why don't we take time and just do that? Pray for them again. You know? Pray for them like a partner would pray for them. If I can help you, I want to. I want you to come. You can pray with me. If you want to gather in the ar- altar, you can do that. Wouldn't it be great to see partners who serve the Lord with a pure conscience together praying in the altar? It would be good, whatever your Lord leads you to do. Jesus, I'm so thankful for those that have gone before me. I'm thankful for those who go with me. And Father, I ask your blessings. We serve you. We serve at your pleasure. We serve with your power. Serve with your fruitfulness in mind. Father, we ask that you bless our church, that you would grow our church, that you would do the very best in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together. If you need to come, then come on. I want Sean to lead us as we sing.
0: This year at Britt David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is Church at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David podcast.